Once again, welcome to another edition of the Cool Stuff Ride Home Podcast. Marcus Paff and Reggie Rizzo with you on today's episode, a first in the world of renewable energy as Ireland makes history. Plus, a pair of tech updates as Snapchat ads while Google removes. Also, a creative punishment for an angry fast food customer. No, they won't be taking on the role of butler. And this day in history coming up on Cool Stuff Ride Home. Well, plenty of talk about renewable energy these days, and last week it was Ireland flexing its renewable muscles after the wind generated an all-time high contribution to the Irish power grid with 4.62 gigawatts, not gigawatts for you fans of Back to the Future, last week Wednesday. That total represents 71% of the day's electricity needs met via wind power. Peak generation that day came around 6.30 a.m. and held relatively steady until around 2 p.m. local time, at which point a slow, steady decline began. Of course, Ireland's been a world leader when it comes to wind-generated electricity. Per the website Heatmap, Ireland ranked third in the world in 2022 alongside Uruguay when it came to its share of electricity generated by wind power. That would be 33% cumulatively. Only perennial wind leader Denmark and Sir Lithuania edged out Ireland, the former generating a whopping 55% of its electricity from gusty conditions, and the latter coming in at 38%. If you're wondering what the previous high was, well, the Green Collective provides insights into the Irish energy grid and reports the previous high mark was around 4.56 gigawatts generated last year. Now, according to the COP28 Global Offshore Wind Update, that's a new report from industry consultancy ERM, only two of 19 countries with 2030 offshore wind targets are expected to reach them. That's the year 2030, by the way. Ireland being one of those that is expected to meet its goal, as is Poland, that per Recharge News. That said, most of Ireland's current wind capacity is generated from onshore wind farms. If you're wondering who's leading the way in the U.S., Texas sits atop the list with about 20% of its total energy coming from wind. That's followed by Oklahoma, Iowa, Kansas, and Colorado, the flatter states where wind comes whipping across the plain. And presumably we're talking about eastern Colorado, a little bit different when you get to the Rockies, of course. Connecticut, New Jersey, and Virginia are by far the lowest in wind-generated energy. That per SaveOnEnergy.com. And while Texas remains a leader in wind energy generation, many other states with optimal wind conditions are investing in turbines for renewable energy. Montana topping that list. They have the topography that creates excellent opportunities for wind power. Currently, about 12% of electricity in the state is generated from wind, while the Clearwater Wind Project is under construction, which is set to add 131 wind turbines, providing 750 megawatts of wind power to the state. And with all this talk of wind, you might also be asking yourself, hey, who tops the list when it comes to the sun? Well, once again, per a Save on Energy report back in May, California is heads and tails above the rest in the U.S. Texas comes in second with slightly less than half of what Cali generated, but we see the Lone Star State still getting it done with both wind and solar. Florida, Arizona, and North Carolina round out the top five with Nevada just outside that mix at number six. I have to say, when you have Ireland with that much wind energy, that's not what I think of when I think of Ireland. That's not my first thought is the wind and the energy they could produce. 
Yeah, I think, you know, you talk about what is essentially an island nation and the wind coming in off the water there. So I'm with you. I hadn't really stopped to think about it. It's not atop my list of things when Ireland comes up, but it does stand to reason, of course. And I was going to throw out there, Reggie, because I live in Nevada. This state, for as much sun as it receives, I've said this to anyone who will listen, the Windy City should be Las Vegas. No disrespect to Chicago. I love the city of Chicago, been there many times, but I'm telling you, the wind here is perpetual. The one thing it doesn't have is that chill that comes with whipping in off Lake Michigan in January or February, but there is a lot of it throughout the year. I never would have guessed that Texas is the top producers for wind and solar. That that one surprises me, but that is a big state, so I guess maybe you can uh, take up a lot of room there. I, I don't know if that accounts for it or not. Yeah, certainly when you have a lot of open land, that that obviously helps. And I think to some extent, the reason more states perhaps haven't jumped in is just the cost to install this infrastructure. It's not a cheap venture. But as we are seeing from a lot of these states, once you are able to get that in place, the benefits continue to, to come perpetually for these states. Taking a look at some tech news, Snapchat will now allow users to send AI-generated images, but it will come with a cost. It's part of the $3.99 monthly subscription for Snapchat Plus, which currently has 7 million users. With this feature, subscribers can write a short prompt to create images that they want to share. The AI image option will also supply suggestions to use like planet made out of cheese or cave with emeralds growing on the walls. I'm not sure why they gave those examples. That seems kind of weird, uh... but... Yeah, what, what? <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know. Those aren't the first things I would think of to generate, but I'm coming up with a blank right now anyway, so maybe I do need that help. <laughs> Planet made of cheese, always, <laughs> always a go-to. That's what I want to send to my friends, I guess. I don't know. Well, this isn't the first time that Snapchat has tried to use AI. They also had Dreams, which would change the avatars of users into fun, imaginative versions of themselves, like mermaids or elves riding a, a horse or something like that. <laughs> Sweet. Again, not my first choices, but <laughs> I guess I'm not very imaginative. There was also My AI, which was a chatbot that you could have a conversation with. That one was a little more controversial when uh, they released that feature. According to Mashable.com, with the update, subscribers can use the AI-powered extend tool that would allow them to fill out the background of a zoomed-in photo. So according to the announcement from Snapchat, if you accidentally zoomed in too close, the AI-powered extend tool on our camera can be used to broaden your lens for the full picture. They are also extending Dreams, saying Snapchat Plus subscribers can get one free pack of eight Dreams a month. While Snapchat is adding a feature, Google is going to be taking away one. They're shutting down their Play Movies and TV app. It has already been removed from Roku devices and TVs. It won't be long before it'll be gone on every device. According to a post by Google, any content that you may have bought through it won't be lost. You will still be able to access all your previously purchased titles, including active rentals, on Android TV devices, Google TV devices, the Google TV mobile app, Android and iOS, and YouTube. The Play Movies and TV app will officially be shut down on January 17th. Well, Reg, I don't think I'm in the target market for either of these two services or features, but I know I won't miss the Google app because I've never used it. Frankly, I didn't know it existed, which is probably part of the reason that it's going away. Not enough users. As for Snapchat, it's been many years since I was on that app. I'm probably just showing my age now, but I, I can't say that 
AI generated images are going to bring me back into the fold there. I think that's really geared toward uh, a younger demo and quite frankly, probably a great feature for those folks in, in bringing in new users. I don't snap a lot either. Is that what you would say now? Snap? I suppose. Do? Yeah. Okay. I, why why yeah. do we suddenly sound like the geezers in the balcony on the Muppets here? I mean, <laughs> is that what you I... do? Snap? Is it a snap? <laughs> I don't snap. I don't twit or snap or. And in reality, <laughs> we just sound old. We don't sound like the geezers in the balcony. At least they had witty <laughs> remarks for people. That's that's true. That's true. Okay. I guess just to be clear, I do know it's tweet, not twit. And I have used these apps a few times. I use them a lot of times, you know, just to connect with friends. But I don't use a lot of the special features they have in there because, I don't know, I'm too old and I just don't care enough to put that much energy into it. Is it a tweet, Reggie, at this point? Is it still a tweet? It might be an X. I don't know. I'm going to X you? I have no idea. I have no idea. Let's move on. This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Well, those who've worked a fast food job, or for that matter, a retail job, understand what it's like to deal with irritable, sometimes totally irrational customers. I think the latter is a fair characterization of anyone who throws food at one of the employees, which is exactly what one woman in Ohio did. Said woman was caught on camera throwing a bowl of hot food in the face of a Chipotle worker, and now she's paying the price. Sentenced by the Honorable Judge Timothy Gilligan to one month in jail, a $250 fine, and two months working a fast food restaurant. The judge actually gave this woman the choice of 90 days in jail or the scenario involving fast food work, so... Good on her, I guess, for taking the latter path. Videos of the woman, Rosemary Hain, that's her name, berating Chipotle worker Emily Russell on September 5th before throwing the food in her face at close range. Well, they went viral after the incident. Hain's a 39-year-old mother of four, and she pled guilty to the misdemeanor assault charge before her sentence was handed down. A statement provided to the court by Hain's attorney read that she was, quote, truly sorry for what happened that day, end quote. Meanwhile, Judge Gilligan told CNN, and, quote, every time you watch the video, it makes you more and more upset. I was thinking, what else can I do rather than just have her sit in jail? I don't see her as any greater risk than anyone who walks in off the street. I looked at it as someone who lost her cool, end quote. Now, here's the big question. Who's going to hire this woman to work in their restaurant, Reggie? Because it's not like the court is mandating that McDonald's or Chipotle or anyone else welcome her in as an employee. And the judge was asked that question himself, and he insisted that she won't have trouble finding work. I I guess we'll see. I mean, if I knew about the misdemeanor charge, I don't know that I'd be in a hurry to bring her in. I'm wondering a couple things there with that, too, that even if she did get the job, is she going into the job interview saying, I'm only here for two months, then my court order is done and I'm out of here? Who's going right. to hire that? Yeah. And, and is she getting paid for these two months other of one. work? Yeah, if he would have said you have to work two months and then your pay is donated somewhere too, that may be a little more reasonable because may, then maybe they might hire her and you know just have her do a few tasks. 
The pay is donated to whatever charity the fast food restaurant wanted. That might be a little more reasonable or understandable if they would hire her then. Yeah, uh, no no doubt. I just I, I find it hard to believe you'd say, well, we'll give you this option where you can go and make, granted, minimal money, but still making money for the time that you're spending that's supposedly part of your punishment. That's and hard to believe. How many hours a week? Is she full-time doing this? Is it two hours on a Saturday? Mm-hmm. It, it, I don't, for as far as I know, there isn't any set time that she has to work, just the, the duration, like the two months, not time per week or whatever. I don't know. There seems to be a lot of flaws. I don't know if this sentence was thought over, although I do have to agree, having work at a home improvement store and a movie theater and my wife having to work at a department store, we both agree that everyone should spend a little time in that industry or, you know, field, you know, whether it be waitressing or fast food or something to see what mankind is really like. So you don't behave like this. Oh, no doubt. And the other thing that I wondered about in all of this, and and maybe someone who's listening out there knows, and if you do hit us up, coolstuffcommute at gmail.com, but cruel and unusual punishment is part of this country's judicial system, meaning you can't hand out cruel and unusual punishment. And I I, I guess maybe I know that this doesn't exactly seem cruel and unusual just looking on in general, but I do wonder about that. And is it because the judge offered her an option that you can get away with something like that? Because otherwise you would think we'd see these type of bizarre punishments handed out all the time by judges across the country. And it's just not the case. In fact, uh, Judge Gilligan noted that it's the first time he's ever handed down such a sentence, but unfortunately, he has seen this type of behavior before. Uh, He recounted a similar case from a few years back when a customer who didn't receive a cookie in their Happy Meal opted to punch a McDonald's employee through the drive-through window. That defendant received the full 90-day jail sentence. Seriously, I know that service at restaurants like that can be not good. And I've certainly been victimized in the past by driving away and going, you know what? Half my order isn't in this bag and I paid Mm -hmm. for it. And it's frustrating, but never in my life have I been, I'm going to go back and assault someone over this. That never crossed my mind. No. First move is if you really are upset about it and want it changed, ask for it. Usually they fix the problem. It's as simple as that. Granted, it takes a little bit more of your time, but that's less time than 90 days in jail. Yeah, no more chucking burrito bowls for you, Reggie. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Taking a look at this day in history, an event I'm sure we're all familiar with. In 1903, the Wright brothers, Orville and Wilbur, attempted to fly the Wright Flyer for the first time at Kitty Hawk, North Carolina. However, the first sustained flight by a manned, heavier-than-air-powered and controlled aircraft wouldn't happen until actually a few days later on December 17, 1903. A little details about the Wright Flyer. It was a 12-horsepower gasoline engine that powered two 8.5-foot-long pusher propellers. However, due to the wing warping, it was actually pretty unstable and very difficult to fly. The first test actually occurred on November 5th, 1903, but before the brothers could even tune the engine, the propeller hubs came loose. Mm. When they were ready for the first test flight on December 14th, they tossed a coin to decide who would get the first chance at it. Wilbur won. Did, did you up... want to win this, Reggie? Did, do you want to win? Do you want to win this coin flip? I'm I'm a bit of an anxious flyer, and I don't know that I'd want to get on the first ever airplane and then be the first one to go up, wondering what might happen. I think you do because if you're looking to be in the history books, you want to be the first one to fly, though. 
I would want to be the first one to invent a parachute too then, just in case. You would be the first one to crash. That's right. <laughs> Whatever gets which, me in the record books. Which, to be fair, Wilbur, who won the coin toss, tried to pull up too sharply on the first attempt, and you can guess it, he did crash. However, he was able to cover 105 feet in three and a half seconds. Uh, there was a little damage to the aircraft, took about three days to repair, and then it was Orville's turn. He managed 120 feet in 12 seconds. They took turns after, you know, the coin flip. They just kept taking turns. Uh, it made four short flights that day, the 120-foot one. Then they went uh, 175 feet over 12 seconds, 200 feet in 15 seconds. That last flight by Wilbur covered 852 feet and 59 seconds. Now, the Wright Flyer, also known as Kitty Hawk Flyer 1, never flew again. Orville did ship it home and restore it because after that flight, it uh, kind of got a little damaged. Wind took it, blew it over, caused some damage. They, that's why they never flew it again, but he did restore it. It was on display at the London Science Museum until 1948. Then it was moved to the Smithsonian. It is now located at the National Air and Space Museum in Washington, D.C. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty wild to think about. And like I, I said a moment ago, as a as an anxious flyer in in modern jets, I would not have been volunteering to go up on Kitty Hawk Flyer 1. Going back to the things you always say, you know, looking at the next 10, 20, 100 years, think about that. 1903, 120 years ago. They went from barely making off the ground to us in space or some of the superpowered jets that we have now. I mean, when you say look, in another hundred years, where could we be for our, these advancements? Here's a great example of that. No doubt. And I mean, not that it was a positive event, but you think to to the World War, the Second World War, and just how critical of a role air travel or air attacks were in that particular war. I mean, that's what, 40 years later, essentially, that that, that happened? And it's pretty wild to think about. So you're absolutely right. We'll see where we where we go in another 10, 20, 30, 40 years, but come a long way in a short amount of time, relatively speaking. Thanks for joining us on this edition of Cool Stuff Ride Home. You can reach us with any comments or thoughts at coolstuffcommute at gmail.com. I'm Reggie Rizzo, joined as always by Marcus Path. We'll see you next time.